TFG Football is an IVM production and you can also check out their other awesome shows like The Seen and the Unseen hosted by Amit Verma where he discusses topics related to economic policies and its impact on our society. You're listening to TFG Football. Starting off, I always start with a lot of enthusiasm is what I've heard and you know got comments from but today I'm already apologizing to my listeners. uh because i may fumble mumble and ramble a lot uh because uh, i never thought i would be hosting a show where a tv presenter football pundit himself with so much I'm not experience a pundit. i'm not a pundit i'm not a pundit i'm not a pundit pundits are experts i'm yeah. not an expert for us you are one so we look up to you for that uh i never thought this day would come and uh, but i would always dreamt of because we i'm sure most of our listeners including myself we watched the c2k very closely uh and job probably to share just my experience i should never watch the match sometimes and just watch the show and go to bed yes boo <laughs> so that's it's all I about enjoy. the game the game is the star <laughs> yes absolutely it's just probably timing issues where probably i wake up next day for a uh, college lecture at 8 am so that kind of you know that, that's that's pressure. called sacrifice <laughs> That's called sacrifice. If you have to do an all-nighter because it's gone to extra time and penalties, yeah. <laughs> and it's 3 a.m., you have to do well, that. Well, I have done that for Brazil when they went on, and I was on time for next day for my college lecture at 8 a.m. So, well yeah. done. And <laughs> well, I can I'll take that as a compliment and not as a sarcasm. Uh, well, let me introduce you guys uh, to the very, I would say, lovable by all football fans out there. Joe Morrison himself. Thank you very much, Sidhu. A warm welcome to our show, Joe. Pleasure. Uh, I hope I can call you that and not probably not address you, sir, because no, no, I definitely think... <laughs> don't call me, sir. Yeah. As far as I'm aware, I'm not your father, <laughs> exactly. and I'm not your uh, lecturer, your right. professor. Right. Uh, so, can you like take us through what is Joe Morrison doing at the moment? Like uh, right at this moment in time, sitting in the Hilton Bombay with uh, yeah. you, talking yeah. to you. in this beautiful executive lounge which um I I love the design of it actually it's the first time I've stayed here but um okay. uh I'm here it I doesn't think, matter you can even say glorified much more because our listeners can't see it so it's well, okay well yeah actually you're absolutely right it's sorry uh, forgive me Sidhu because it's years since I've done on anything a, a radio podcast wise uh, yeah, right. so um I'm used to not having to describe the visual element but anyway we're sitting here in the in the business lounge or the executive lounge of the Hilton Uh, near the airport in Bombay, and it's very—I um, think the word I would use is colonial kind of style. Right. Wouldn't you s- s- yeah. agree? Yeah. So it's um, it's this beautiful building with marble and um, uh, these wood floors, Parker floors, I think they are, hmm. um, and fabulous palm palms in big. Uh, Okay, before you describe more about the place, let me ask you. Probably put. I should have put the question really correctly. Uh, what are you doing otherwise? Right. So professionally, yes, because right. we don't see so, you on yeah, yeah, C2K yeah. anymore. So, so you've 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 passed the first uh, <laughs> test of being a presenter, which right? is never let your guest waffle. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and I had started to waffle. Okay, I've got a one mark yes, from Joe. <laughs> yes, correct. You'd start to let your guest waffle. Um, sorry, I didn't get much uh, sleep last night, so I'm probably a little bit jaded today. Uh, yeah, I came over to watch the game, obviously, and we'll talk more about this in a second. Obviously, you know, I'm involved with Gapreet Singh Sandhu. So, um, and it just so happened that the team uh, Bengaluru was staying here um, ahead of and last night uh, for their game 
against Mumbai hmm. city. So that's the reason that I'm here, not just in the Hilton, but in Bombay. Bombay. Okay, so let's get on with the match then, I would say, because uh, that's what people, uh, not just uh, Westberg Blues, but everybody would want to know. Uh, Talking about the game, Mumbai City versus Bengaluru FC, a mm. 3-1, but when you look at a score like 3-1, mm. people would think who haven't watched the game, oh, a cracker of a match, three mm. goals and then there was one fight back. Mm. Did you actually feel that was there? Yeah, it was a great game. Um, but it's really strange because the I was in the um, the owner's lounge, as it's called, at uh, Mumbai City, and the and it's weird because it's the only hospitality area I've ever been to at any stadium of any match which is behind the goal, goal yeah. normally it's on the halfway line right. maybe it's raised a little bit so it was strange in one regard but actually really fascinating in another because you see the match from right behind from an end on right. experience rather than a side on experience it's like you're sitting in front of a screen uh, yeah kind, kind of, of yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's, we were talking about this this morning uh, with the coaches in Europe and especially in England, when they're at, when they're doing video an- analysis of matches, right. they use a camera which is behind the goal and high, okay. so you can see the pattern of play. So all right. video analysis uh, guys in uh, in Europe, actually around the world now as well, don't use a camera angle from side on. Sometimes they do use side on shots, but predominantly they use an end on mm. angle. So basically, <laughs> what I saw last night was not 90 minutes of football. I saw mm. two 45-minute sections. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. So I saw what Bengaluru were doing in right. the first half because they were at this end. Yeah. And then and obviously then. they swapped the second half, and then I saw what uh, Mumbai, Mumbai City. So, but it was an entertaining match. It right. went, you know, went backwards and forwards. Both yeah. sides had uh, chances. You mm. know. Now, before coming to Bengaluru, uh, mm. I know that's your favorite spot, and I mean, I'm sure most football of our favorite f- spot. <laughs> yeah, football is my favorite spot. Uh, talking about Mumbai City, uh, do you think in the first half they could have done much better because they came really close at times, with especially Imana getting a lot of ball chances at mm-hmm. him? But uh, did you think somewhere he wasn't confident enough to take in the shots because he always passed on to a player, but the player wasn't there? Yeah, I, I certainly agree with you. I think the. Uh, you know, finishing is a state of mind. It's um, and it's taking a chance. There was two or three occasions where I was actually sitting, and I tend to get quite vociferous when I'm sitting watching right. a game, even though it's not my team. You know, right. Newcastle United is my team, so it, I get quite vociferous, and I'm going shoot, shoot, and yeah, just exactly. just that half second of pause yeah. before he did try and shoot. The opportunity's lost, lost. You know, so. Yeah, some of the decision making uh, in front of goal, they just didn't quite uh, take the opportunity quick enough. Plus, you're up against Kapreet Singh, so yeah. um, he, he's, an, he's, he's an intimidating character yeah. when uh, you're facing him. So maybe that was the reason. Yeah, so what do you think uh, Bengaluru FC rectified from the loss against Delhi Dynamos? I didn't see the Delhi game, so okay. I can't talk with great authority in terms of the Delhi game. I think um, you ask any player. I think the most um, you, you want consistency, and right. you, you know the most important thing I think is uh, is trying to keep the same eleven players together on the pitch. Now that doesn't always happen because you have injuries, you have suspensions. Um, sometimes I think there's been maybe it's just a little bit too much uh, rotation. I know Albert Rocker yeah. likes to uh, rotate. I'm not a big fan of rotation I think you keep your best uh, 11 players on the field now I'm guessing what Albert uh, Rocker is thinking about is possibly what's coming down the line they're Mm. going back into Asian competition games are coming thick and fast I mean what they're playing in Bhutan next uh, is it midweek next week and then they've got a game on the Friday um, immediately after in the ISL so 
Um, obviously, he has to, you know, look after the legs, so to speak, of his team. But uh, I don't, I don't believe in it. It's like win the match, win the next game, win the next game, win the next game. I worked under Sir Bobby Robson. Win the next match. You know that is the most important thing. Worry about the one after hmm. later right. on. Right. right, as in take it as it when it comes. Yeah, take take each match as it yeah. comes because anything can happen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so overall, how do you assess the game from both the teams, and what what are your takeaways from this match? Well, uh, from last night's game. Yes. Um, well, Bengaluru, when they are when they have their strongest side out, which I think they did last night, um, they really are a force to be reckoned with. Um, as, far, as far as this league, to come into this league, to lose, you know, um, a settled bunch of players because right. they had to give them up to the draft. Right which is dumb, by the way, and I'm going to keep saying this throughout our entire conversation today. Go ahead. It's dumb. It's absolutely dumb, the draft. But anyway, um, you know, to give up a, a large portion of what was a very successful and settled team for yeah. quite a number of years was very difficult. So to be, uh, I mean, they could be surpassed, couldn't they? I think possibly because they've got a game in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, Chennai, I think, have a game in hand, don't they? I think they've played nine games yeah. and, and Bengaluru played ten. So um, Chennai could possibly go back above them in the league. But still, to be kicking around the top of the table, yeah. first season in the ISL, it, to me it it's just shows you what they're about hmm. as a team. You know. What do you think uh, Mumbai City should take up from here on? Because uh, it's, just, it's been a road, very rickety road, and uh, certain wins have come probably say luck was on their favour because we didn't see much competition on the field, but they got a goal, so thanks to the three points that you get. Uh, 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 now it's a back-to-back loss at home. So mm. what do you have to say about yeah, that? Yeah, you should, you should never, in my opinion, be losing your games at home. They are your absolute bread and butter. They're your priority. Um, you know, you've got your home fans. The players aren't getting on, a, on planes, trains and automobiles and travelling all over the world to, to get to their next match. Right. It should be easier at home. And if you're not winning your games at home, you've got a problem. But last night you mentioned it, finishing. Hmm. You've got you to take your chances. You've got to finish. You've got to at least... You know, have a go. What do, what do you Because because getting from back to front, right? I thought they were quite good. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I thought there were one or two occasions where actually uh, the Bengaluru midfield, yeah, sort of, kind ho- of holes opened yeah. up where they should yeah. have been shutting down the runners, um, and that didn't happen, which is unusual for the Bengaluru midfield because certainly when Eric is there, it's you know it's usually quite solid. But um, no, it, it, it was it was finishing. Hmm. So what do you have to say about the fans in Mumbai? I mean, it was it was a weekday. The reason I bring this up in Bombay weekday, that crowd for yeah. me at least looked good, and it was kind of impressive. So what are your yeah? What was yeah, your, uh, it, um, I love that stadium. Hmm. I love the Andheri Sports Complex, and I'll tell you why. It reminds me more of traditional sports stadium, uh, football stadium. Sorry, football. They get us straight uh, back home hmm. in the UK. You know, fans are close to the pitch. Right. It, it, there's this. There's a question that nobody knows the answer to, and it's many sports, but certainly prevalent in football. Do, do, do the performances of the players lift the fans, or do the fans lift the performances of the players? Right. And no one knows the answer yeah. to it, because it's not a science. But I do believe that if you get the fans closer to the pitch, there's a, there's a greater uh, atmosphere, electricity, you right. know, um, everyone talks about Kerala. I've never been to, to one of the Kerala games. Mm. Um, but, you know, that energy lifts the players. Right. 
What's the worst thing? You've played football. What's the worst thing? The worst thing is playing in front of absolutely nobody. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be there. Yeah. It's flat. You don't raise your game. So, and I like it that it's right in the heart of the city. You know, it, it's it's you, you can't go anywhere outside the, right. the stadium, and it's just another street. I don't know if you've ever been to Anfield or to Goodison Park or these no, kind of places. Yet. You walk out the stadium and you're into a suburban street. Right. You know, it's not a big. Hmm. complex it's just Absolutely. like stadium streets stadium streets so um, that's what I like about the Andiri complex so and in, a, in you know that crowd last night I don't know what the official number was I think somebody said about 6,059 is what they announced there. right yeah that's probably about right um, you know it seemed bigger than that yeah kind, and yeah, that's like, that's what you get from a tiny stadium yeah. if you have a stadium that's 100,000 capacity and you've got uh, 20,000 in it it can, people go away yeah. saying, oh, it's a bit empty. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And yet 20,000 is a fabulous crowd, yeah. especially in, in Indian football. Yeah, right? absolutely. Uh, well, now coming to the one that connects you to Indian football most in <coughs> larger ways, uh, <coughs> we would love to know more about your relationship with, well, the intimidating keeper or, I don't know, the lovable guy, maybe? I'm not sure. <laughs> Gurpreet Singh Sandhu. Um, yeah, it's a relationship. Oh God! Um, be careful how you, you use the word. Yeah, okay. use the word. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want any uh, rumors going around. No, I mean, Gapreet. How did it start? We went to do a show at the Salt Lake Stadium. It okay. was the one of the derby matches, and, and I would honestly, I've been to all of the biggest games in the world, right. just about. Haven't been to see Boca River Plate yet, but that's on my list. Um, I. Uh, we did a show it was the craziest show I think I've ever done in my career because not only was there a hundred thousand people mm. at the stadium not only was it <coughs> Mombagan against East Bengal um, they, I was working for 10 Sports at that time and they had, had built a platform up on the third tier mm. um, for this show and myself and my executive producer, we were just obsessed, and, and we still to this day, we love what we call live backdrops. Okay. So everyone loves studios and right. stuff like that. Right. You know, we love live backdrops. Hmm. And you, you probably know that from Champions League finals where we've right. been in, yeah. in, in, uh, amongst the crowd you know, right. behind us. I love yeah. that kind of stuff. So with this principle in mind, they built a platform on the third tier. Now, you've been to Salt Lake Stadium, I'm guessing. Not yet. No. Um, right. So the third tier is about a hundred feet above the pitch. Okay. Okay. But they built it out of bamboo, which yeah. I know you guys listening will think, well, that's normal, you know, bamboo scaffolding. For me, coming from the West, where <laughs> yeah. we are bombarded throughout our entire lives with health and safety, yeah. um, it was like, oh my god. And not only that, the the, the deck that the the seats and where myself and the guests were going to be sitting hmm. was on a bit of a slope. They hadn't built it level. Okay. It was like, now, that would have been bad enough as itself, but the, 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 the uh, chairs we were on, or the stools we were on, if I remember rightly, I think they had wheels on them. Hmm. So you're sitting there trying to, you know, think of what happens if this rolls off the back? And, <laughs> and there was nothing behind it. There was no railings or anything. Right. And before the show started, Budgie, you know, I'm sure you, uh, I, certainly those listening are well aware of, he was, he, was, he was a little bit jaded. He said, I just need to have a nap. Well, of course... It was so complex getting up there, so mm. difficult getting up mm. there. Once we got up there, to go back to our, um, uh, what you call it, green room, mm. took literally 20 minutes. 
Okay. It was that far away okay. and that difficult to get through all the gates and doors. So anyway, cut long story short, hmm. he decided to go to sleep on the platform, on the edge. So we had to have a producer standing and watching him just in case he, like, he... decided to roll over. And, <laughs> oh, my God. You know. Okay. So the guy is laid flat out on the edge of this platform about maybe an hour and a half before we go live. And all yeah. I'm thinking is, like, we could lose a pundit here before the show <laughs> even starts. Yeah. But it was totally bonkers, totally crazy. Um, and the, 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 coming back to the Capri question... Um, it was the day before or two days before that we went to watch training mm -hmm. and we'd seen Gapreet in training and it was Budgie who said, he said, wow, this guy's got, you know, potential. Um, and then just conversation started and Gapreet started messaging, you know, from more like a mentor right. kind of thing, you know, what do you think I should do about this? And he was mes messaging Budgie and sending Budgie clips of his games, you know, to have a look at. And... Um, And at that time, uh, it was Budgie who said to me, he said, look, you know, uh, I think we should do something to get him out of, of India. Okay. And we'll talk more about this, you know, later on. But um, that's how the whole thing, mm -hmm. that's where the relationship started. Now, uh, since you've got, you know, you've, you've even got the topic that I was coming to next is when your experience hosting that derby. Uh, if you could take us through, like, a little more into how it was when actually the match started and you guys were there talking about the derby? Um, well, first of all, the game was bonkers. It was totally bonkers. Um, if I remember right, the lights went out in the game, in the stadium. The lights went out mm -hmm. about halfway through. Um, if you're asking me about the game itself, did you? I, I honestly couldn't tell you, and I'll tell you why. Because the, the technicalities of the broadcast was just nuts totally nuts so we had these earphones on mm -hmm. which is the only way you can hear your own voice um, and talk normally so we're talking right. normally here but because there's no noise in this room um, we're just speaking at a normal right. level when there's a hundred thousand people in the stadium and a lot of noise you tend to raise your voice not realizing that your microphone yeah. is good enough anyway yeah, to pick your voice up even if you speak quietly but you can't help it yeah so with these headphone things now for some reason in my headphones every time Maybe someone was playing with me, I don't know. Um, I kept getting the, what felt like the sound of jet engines in my earphones, like really loud, like almost to the point where I was pulling them off my ears. Okay. And every time we went to an ad break, it disappeared. And the technicians couldn't work it out. They couldn't work out that whilst my headset was live, it was given noise, because none of the other guys had this problem. So I was just consumed by trying to fix that problem. Um, there was the, the, the guys you know we'd done a show that week which was like in the run up to it uh, we'd analysed both sides we'd talked about uh, whoever it was I can't remember uh, the East Bengal you know were kind of the better side at that particular point in time but anyway so, that, so they'd sectioned off this bit on the third tier there was a fence either side and then on one side was Mombagan fans and on the other side were the East Bengal fans and they were just going bananas And so the noise, everything else, there was, there was a row of police officers uh, with batons down either side. Mm -hmm. You've got to remember, you know, there'll be fans listening, Indian fans listening to this, and especially fans in Calcutta just going like, this is hilarious. <laughs> But you've got to remember, as a white boy from the, coming back to yeah. health and safety, Britain, <laughs> uh, I mean, I grew up in the, in the 70s and 80s when things were a little bit still rough on the terraces right. of English football, mm -hmm. but nothing like this. And they were throwing things over the top. In fact, after the broadcast, 
uh, one of the one of the um, cameramen found a chunk of concrete about the size of this this teacup here um, underneath the camera that some, someone had thrown unbeknownst to us because we were live um, and we didn't notice it and we didn't and thankfully didn't hit anybody so as far as the game was concerned all I remember was the night was crazy the um, the, the lights went out in the ground which sent them even crazier uh, and it was just I, I've got to put it down as one of the most amazing football experiences of my life and I, and I mean I put it in probably the top three football mm. experiences of my life Great uh, I think you just made uh, half of our listeners happy if the ones who are in Calcutta listening to us Now coming to Now uh, coming to the darker side this uh, I think 2012 is what's called the Black Derby mm. uh, the match had to be called off uh, because of a lot of violence that happened and mm. We've now got uh, more football fans joining yeah. us. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then a player was hurt and we had the, the match had to be called off. So, well, now from a take, from a, from an experience that you just shared, where you list that moment, the you know, top three moments, and then you come back to mm. this when you look at it. How do you, th- how do you see the extremis- extremism, like, you know, in, uh, in Calcutta football, especially the derby, when you have equal amount of fans mm. supporting that team and, it's, and they go berserk, they go, mm. I mean, you've seen that. So, what do you say about the black derby that happened? Well, well first of all, um, I think I know the game that you're talking about. Uh, he was hit on the head by a piece yeah. of concrete or something, right. wasn't he? I think the, 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 the thing about it was that, look, I would never want to take the passion of the fans because they create that energy, they create that electricity. Um, I would never want to take that away from the stadium, from these matchups. You know, that's exactly what football needs in India. It doesn't need sanitised, you know, everyone sit down and, and politely applaud. So... Um, the energy bit is, is, is amazing, it's fabulous, it's, it's what we're all there for. But people blame the fans after that, I remember. Right. Um, you know, there was a lot of blame put on the fans and they yeah. were talking about possible punishments, bans, whatever the case may be. I didn't look at it like that. I looked at it completely different and people were shocked at the, same, at the time when I said this. And it was like, why blame the fans? Why don't you blame the infrastructure of the stadium? I, I saw fans and I've seen fans at the Salt Lake Stadium at that time. You could kick... You know, okay. if, you, if you kicked hard yeah. enough, you could kick a chunk of concrete off the mm. steps. That's how crumbling the stadium was. Right. So the stadium itself, even though they have um, security outside and stop you from taking in anything which could be um, uh, used as a missile or, or a weapon or whatever, right. you get inside the stadium and you can just pull something off this crumbling edifice right. and throw it onto the pitch, which is exactly what they did. No one took a rock in from outside mm. and threw it at a player on the pitch. It was right. stuff that was there. So, um, you know, these things are important. It's like, it's very easy to blame the fans and go, these guys are animals. Well, look, we all go crazy. Right. I've gone crazy. Um, and I don't know how much, you know, uh, you can probably tell me the answer. I don't know how much of it is alcohol induced when, in, in Indian football, but in, in England... You know, like I said, growing up in the 80s, it was all alcohol yeah. induced, whether it was violence or craziness or whatever the case may be. So you can blame the fans, but you know, who stops them? Um, you know, who stops them from kicking chunks of concrete off a, a crumbling stadium and throwing it onto the pitch? Yeah, absolutely. Now, so when that, when you see that, and then when you see the current scenario of what's happening in football whether it's to do with the emergence of ISL and but still the I-League is going on and there are, there's like 
literally two leagues for football happening at the top level ridiculous uh, so i mean just take us to your idea i mean your thoughts about all of that i mean you look at india my thoughts are incendiary by the way <laughs> when it comes to stuff like this you'll be you'll be glad to know first of all let, let's get a couple of things straight um everyone thinks i hate the isl i don't that's just not true at all um i think the marketing of the isl is bloody brilliant i think the match day experience of the isl is brilliant i think star sports do a fantastic job of the broadcast it with you know the the broadcast of the i league under 10 was terrible yeah. um and i'm talking about the the production on the on the field right. you know um camera angles quality of 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 uh, shots etc was terrible uh, so star sports done an absolutely fabulous job the bit i'm critical of is the product on the pitch right you know um there's so much opportunity there's so much potential and they've been spending um you know millions of crore on over the hill so called marquee players uh, who've contributed in my opinion nothing to the game um uh, not looking after the players not incur- you know improving the players improving the quality of coaching of the players improving the product on the pitch and most importantly as well so improving the pitches themselves right. it's only the last year or two that you know there's been a concerted effort uh, jamshedpur i've never been but I've, uh, sorry not jamshedpur uh, delhi i've never been to the the stadium in delhi um but i'm told that the pitch is is as good as a premier league pitch in terms of the quality why can't every stadium mm. be like that you know right. but that's i don't want to get into the whole politics of ownership of the grounds and the stadium and you know state ownership or municipality ownership and that's a whole another thing that you can talk about for days and days but um but i hope that kind of half answers your question yeah now so when you all now it's already happening it's you can't mm. really stop about it. you can't really there's no point should there be two leagues running at the same time no absolutely they've got to pick the league i don't care what it's what called the, yeah. i really don't yeah it can be the sidhu league for all i care yeah. it makes no difference whatsoever to me isl i league whatever you know the fact of the matter is um uh, the, the isl in its previous format and it's now changing because it's lengthening um in its pre pre format it's not a league hmm. it's not the indian super league it's the indian super cup or the indian super tournament it's not a league right. and that's what i've always complained against and the reason i why I, I'm, i'm so as you can tell <laughs> um so vociferous about this siju is if you're only playing for 3 months and i'm talking about competitive football for 3 months you are not playing competitive football for 9 months Now some players were going from ISL and then playing in I League yeah. but not all players were. Right. If you get a, a a serious injury like say a knee injury or something like that you're out for 9 months that's a huge chunk of your career that yeah. you've lost. There are players in the ISL and I League who for 4 years now is it 4 years? Faisal? Yeah. Yeah ISL it's a 4th edition yeah. right now. There are players who for the last 4 years have only played competitive football for 3 months. They've lost huge chunk of their career you've got to be playing competitively for at least 9 months of a right. year at least 9 months yeah. so 
So this is my argument, and this is why I'm so critical of, of it. I'm critical of the format. I'm not critical of the marketing. I'm not critical of the TV. They're fabulous. Yeah. I'm critical of the format. Players are playing competitive football for three months. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. Anywhere in the world, that's ridiculous. It's like a vacation, <laughs> a mini well, vacation. That you just want to say, say okay. No, a, a, no, a vacation is a nice way of putting it. Yeah. And I don't look at it as a nice thing. I look at it yeah. as the opposite. I look at it as an injury. Okay. I don't know if you've ever yeah, seen a player yeah. who's been out for nine months, the frustration of yeah. not playing for nine months. And don't talk to me about, yeah, but they do pre-season and there's friendly right. matches and all the rest of it. Forget it. The only team this season who's had really a proper season, and even then it's not a proper season, are the teams who've been in Asian, uh, Asian uh, Cup. Yeah, yeah. You know, because they've been playing, Bengaluru been playing since September. Yeah. Competitive matches against tough teams and then into the ISL and then, and then obviously their cup uh, run is starting again yeah. in a couple of weeks time yeah. or weeks time so what, what, do you, what, what do you have to talk about like we've been talking about the merger since the, probably the inception of ISL mm. and when we said the going ahead it's just one league I mean mm. and just like you mentioned and you made it clear that it doesn't matter what it's called uh, because we want a league that goes on for almost like you said nine months nine ten months like yeah and finally Put that L in your ISL to Correct. actual meaning, you know? It's Correct. called, if it's a league, then call it a league. It's a Why league. Ha- yeah. It's called a league, it has yeah, to be a league. Yeah, exactly. Why have a knockout and then have, mm. a, you know, all those fancy mm. things. Uh, but now there's again, once again, I mean, I think last year this time we were like, okay, it, 2017 would be a year where we would see the mojo happening and talks happening mm. and this and that. But again, it's gone extended and this time again, there's the ultimatum given by the AFC. So... 2018 is a lot to look for, for, for forward to for all the mm-hmm. football fans in terms of off and on the pitch mm-hmm. but off the pitch is kind of ugly things happening but what do you have to say about the merger like what is it that do you see that happening this year do you see the one season coming up it's, it's got to happen it's got to happen because if you want to be a serious force in the AFC you've got to play by AFC rules right. which means you've got to have a league number one number two you've got to reduce your foreigners uh, right. Quota, you know, you can't have uh, what is it at the moment? Six, six, six foreigners yeah. in a, in any AFC Cup competition. So, yeah. and that goes right the way around the whole of the AFC. It goes right the way around the world. Actually, you know, three plus one yeah. um, is the Asian one. So, it, it's like, you know, why why do you think you can do it differently? Why do you think you're above the rules that the rest of the world operates to? Why do you think you can? Now they'll argue, of course, the organizer of the ISL will argue and say, look. We need the quality of football to be attractive enough um, to the average Indian football fan. Otherwise, they wouldn't get involved, they wouldn't buy the tickets, they wouldn't support the clubs, etc. And I understand that. Hmm. And I understand that. And they've got a point uh, to a certain extent. But um, th- there's other ways of, you know, there's other ways of doing it, in my opinion. Right. Uh, but so it's, it's got to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And then the quicker the better. And obviously, there's, there's politics behind the scenes. Yeah. There's things that I'm not privy to um, you know Mohan Bagan East Bengal have got to be included in the yeah. league in my opinion but they also need a kick in the pants uh, because they have this arrogance that because they're legacy clubs hmm. go back to England yeah. go and have a look at some legacy clubs in England where are they now they're in the championship at best they're in league one you know you, you're, it's Nottingham Forest in the Premier League yeah. you know here's a team that won a European trophy Ipswich another team 
You know, are they in the Premier League? They're, they're legacy clubs, they're Aston Villa. Yeah. You know, clubs that have been going a long, long time that way back when were the, the winning titles. Um, and now where are they? They're, they're nowhere. So just because you've got the history doesn't give you the right to dictate the, the terms. And I think, uh, whether it's IMG Reliance or the ISL, I think they're well within their rights to give them a good slap and say, look, this is how we're going to do it because, you know, it's, it's a good marketing model, it's a good TV model, etc., etc. So get on board or get out. Hmm. Now, when you spoke about how you were against the format and structure of ISL, were you also in favor of things like or against the things like, uh, you know, deliberately relegating few clubs just because you want to pick and choose and also have uh, make the team show a bank account? Like you need to have a sum of amount only then you can play this league. So going ahead, how do you think the ones who are right now behind ISL going to come down to that level? Saying that, hey, you know what, let's have a league, let's include all the clubs, 20 clubs better the competition right yeah yeah. I mean first of all put it this way you're not going to get 20 clubs straight off the bat but there are many leagues in the world which only have 10 teams right but what they do to make it a proper league format is they play three times they play each other three times so this year we play home and away and then home my home next year home and away and then at your home you see what I'm saying they do it in Scotland Uh, someone was telling me about a league the other day I think it's this A league isn't it in Australia where they play three three times and I think they've only got 10 teams in Australia so it can be done you can make a proper league format based on just 10 teams so it's not yes the more teams you want of course you do Hmm. so um, so they've got to do that the the structure Um, coming back to to the money side of it the you, you don't want a team for the integrity of the competition you don't want a team or someone going sorry we've got no money halfway through the season hmm. so you've got 10 teams and all of a sudden it becomes 9 that causes major problems right. so I can understand them wanting some sort of guarantees but I can also understand the owner's side of it which is where do we make money here Yeah, you're not making you're, the money they get from the TV pool is peanuts the money they get from sponsorship is peanuts the money they get from ticket sales is virtually non-existent. It's peanuts, yeah. which comes back to something that you'll hear me banging on about all of the time, whether it's here today with you, Sidhu, or whether it's any other interview I do. Mm. The players are your assets. The right. players are where the clubs can make money. It's the only place that can make money in Indian football at the yeah. moment, the players. But what do they treat the players as? Assets or slaves? You tell me. Yeah. You know, nine-month contracts for players. We're in 2018. That's the kind of stuff, the kind of shit that went on in, 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 in 1940s football, you know? Right. And what are they, they only want to give them one-year contracts. Why? So then they don't have to pay them for three months of the summer. Yeah. Instead of saying, three years, this, this guy could be a talent, and then if he is amazing, he'll, he'll win me trophies and win me competitions, or if I'm not really wanting to keep him, I can sell him, even for, if it's for a small amount. Right. Kapit Singh Sandhu was the first player transfer fee from, from Europe to, India. Uh, to India the first time now I hope that I'm, I'm old enough that we start seeing major transfer fees you know in 20 years time between Indian clubs of, of, of large value that's where they'll make their money they don't right. get it right so now now we have an ISL and we have an I-League and uh, it's going simultaneously and there's competition both the levels, you know. So when you first looked at when I-League started off, uh, ISL had a very slow and a very dead start uh, with because we expected a lot. 
and I think that's what happened when I League gave you so much better football and so much better competition on the field. Mm. It did have pressure. Like you, nobody watching I League matches were expecting out of them anything. Mm. They were just watching because it's another football match. Now that's why everybody was taken by surprise. Oh, Aminurva is doing well. Oh, a Mohan Bagan can lose, and you know, and mm. it's a, a big club like that can happen. Uh, so, are you following the I League closely as well? Not so much. No, not since I was broadcasting on it. Okay. Uh, so, at the moment when I come to the other part, how do you see still sticking with Indian football? Uh, with the, we had again a momentous occasion in 2017 for everyone to brag about, especially probably the officials will brag about us hosting the Under 17 World Cup. Uh, your thoughts on that, and then I'll come to the next part. Um, fabulous. Um, obviously, you know, a round of applause to the bid team who managed to get it to India, and a, a double round of applause if they managed to get the Under Twenty World Cup to India. This all helps. The, the, the thing that I disagree with is they think by hosting the Under-17 World Cup that um, it all of a sudden makes India a world force. It doesn't. What it does do is it pushes the boundary forward. Yeah. Right. So the actual tournament itself is like, meh, as far as I'm concerned. What it has done is there was a bunch of boys that have been given quality coaching at a very young age, a 15, 16-year-old age, and great exposure. They've been all over Europe... Um, and, and further afield as well, playing really tough matches, you know. Um, that will will take that bunch of boys, not all of them will mm. go on and do big things, but that those bunch of boys are better prepared than any other 17-year-olds or 16-year-olds in Indian football in right. past history. And, um, I mean, if you talk to Gapreet, they got taken on an exposure tour. Um, I forget who organised it or what the deal was or whatever but when he was about 15 or 16 they were taken on an exposure tour to North America hmm. and I, I don't know what the reasons behind it were I think it was maybe the sports council or something like that had arranged okay. it but that he, he you ask him and he'll look back and say that was so important to him you know as a 15, 16 year old to be exposed to and this is North American football right. uh, by the way so you know exposed at that particular age to, to guys who were trained properly were eating properly uh, uh, you know, looking after all of the aspects or the basic aspects of the of, of their their development. You know? mm. So brilliant for the the players. Glad they've taken it forward. Um, the tournament itself is probably actually good for organisers because it's given them a little bit of insight. And this is what FIFA do. This is the reason why they do yeah. this. Is sort of they may be looking in the future at possibly the World Cup. Hmm. Uh, coming to India right. so you're not just going to go right guys you've got the next one and here we go they're going to have a li- these are like testing the waters right. you know what's your infrastructure like what are your pitches like what are your training pitches like that's the most important yeah uh, coming to the, the under 17 team, the Indian team that you saw uh, now they are part of Indian Arrows is what they've revived hmm. that thing and they're playing in I-League uh, against the top you know probably uh, five times, seven times older than them and also in, experience, in terms of experience. How do you see that as a project? I mean, because putting a bunch of kids who are 17-year-olds and pitting them against uh, <clears throat> teams that have five foreigners in them, mm. which is a rule and they would follow that. Mm. Uh, how do you see that? And they are, they're kind of doing pretty well. I mean, it's not very bad. We mm. thought they would lose 5-0, nil, 7-0, nil, mm. but that's not happening. Mm. Uh, the first match itself, they won 3 nil. So I think that gained, got them some confidence. So how do you see that project? I mean, putting a bunch of kids in a... Um, yeah, I, I, I think there's two parts to it. I think you need to do that. 
but so that the, the bit I agree with is is saying right these kids need to be playing against senior players you know or, or right. older players because they need to learn the, the right. tricks and the mind games and the, it's, it's the mental part of the game as well that's one part of it the other part of it that I dis- so that's the part that I agree with I think it's a fabulous idea the part I disagree with is the bit which is treating everyone equal right. you know there are players in that group who are going to rise to the top quicker than others and there yeah. are others that quite frankly, just won't make it for whatever reason. That's how groups of football players work. Mm. So you can't bring them all through at the same level. And I'll tell you why you can't bring them at the same level. Because um, you only move as fast as the speed of the slowest man. Mm. You know, that's that's the the evolution of society. So if you've got a, a few players that just aren't developing as quick and aren't kicking on as quick, then the guys who are brilliant are being held back, you know? So why treat them all equally? You know, if there's someone that's, that's, that's fabulous in amongst that group, if there's two or three players that are fabulous, move them on to the next level. Hmm. Right. You know, wherever that may be. It might be an ISL club or whatever, you know, put, put them in. Yeah. Throw them in. It might be going out, it might be going to Europe, whatever hmm. the case may be, put them in. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I think two of them are kind of on that verge because uh, we, we got to know that Pritam Kotal is going to be part of ATK mm-hmm. for ISL and Dheeraj Singh is flying to one of the European or the English clubs. So, so I think it's a Scottish club that he's going to mm. uh, train with. Uh, so some good things happening out of that. But according to you, when you look at football and when you're looking at Indian football, how do you see that under-17 team doing? in the future what do you th- what do you, what are you looking at them and thinking about okay will this is this are these my bunch of boys for the future or well yeah so so this is where my my perspective is different this is why my perspective changes it's they you know authorities whether it be the AIFF or whoever's you know organized it probably is the AIFF um, they want these boys to evolve as a unit hmm. you know whereas my thinking is completely different my right. thinking is you know your star players give them more attention, more care, more push, all right, mm. so that they can go and then their principles, you know, they come back as better players. You mm. see what I'm saying? Yeah. So they can take the rest of the group, whether it's in a, a group competition. So um, it's, a, it's a difficult one. Like you're talking about Diraj, for example. Uh, uh, Pritam, if, 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 he's, if he's going to go and play for ATK, that's brilliant. That's exactly mm. what I want. People forget that, that Gapreet made his debut in the I-League at 17 as a yeah. goalkeeper. He played in his first derby at 18, you know, Calcutta derby, yeah. 18 years old. I want those boys, if, everyone's, if they're all as good as everyone says they are, they should be playing the ISL now, today. Right. Today. Yeah. And, and why am I saying that? Because, let's just be real here, the standard of the ISL is nothing in comparison to, to other parts of the world, you know. Hmm. So, if they're that good, they should be in that, that team today. Right. I mean, probably we'll have more Rashford then. I mean, that's where the beginning starts. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Diraj, you know, with regards to Diraj as well, first of all, I think it's a little bit childish by the AIFF to not mm-hmm. allow him to play the rest of this season in the I-League. I think that's pathetic, mm. to be quite honest with you. Um, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. Mm-hmm. Diraj is under no obligation to, yeah. to sign a deal for the next three years. I have no doubt they'll have put him under pressure um, and, and maybe bullied him a little bit uh, in terms of these decisions. Um, to want to go out, he's absolutely correct. Forget the whole England thing, Scotland thing. Mm. He's, he's an under-17 player. 
if, whoever's talking in his ear about that, first of all, it's very difficult to get, I know, I've been there, it's very difficult to get visas, permits, etc. Right. So what's he going to do? He's going to do a month training stint here, a month training stint there. I took Gapreet to Wigan, and the reason I took him to Wigan was to show him, because he'd had his head filled at, 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 at also at a young age. Hmm. Everyone was saying about trials. I said, trials are nothing, yeah. you know? bang, went straight away, just to show him that you could, it, how easy it is to go and get a trial at a Premier League club. A trial has got nothing to do with you getting a, a serious yeah. gig. Yeah. Now it was when I was younger, the reason being that 20, 30, 40 years ago, there wasn't the global scouting networks that there are now. There wasn't the interconnectivity where you can sit and watch a football match from 5,000 miles away and see if there's any, you know, uh, any talent coming through. There wasn't that. So... 20 years ago, if a kid is coming out of Africa or whatever, he had to go on a trial to try and show that he was up to the standard. Now it's like, no, forget that. Forget it. Yes. So coming to still, we are still on Indian football. Uh, it's, it's quite interesting and uh, uh, what do you say, it keeps you excited, though minus all the off the field that happens and there are Look, some integrity. It, it's growing pains, isn't it, yeah. it It's People call it a maturing right. process. I right. call it growing pains. Right. It's not going to be perfect. ISO yeah. is never going to be perfect. The development of Indian football and young players is never going to be perfect. Right. It's just, are you moving forward, you yeah. know? And what do you have control over and what do you not have control over? Mm. The thing that you have in this country, which is um, the two key ingredients, in my opinion, are numbers. Right. 1.3 billion people, yeah. number one. So there has to be 11 talents somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and two, money. Right? If you go to Pacific Island, um, <laughs> away in the middle of nowhere, who's got a population of 10,000 out of mm. that population, half of them are old out of that, the, that half, the, the, they're, they're female, mm. uh, and then out of that, what you've got left, you've got maybe 1,000 young teenage boys to choose from, mm. um, and you don't have any money. So how is that, how is that, that Pacific Island ever going to go to the World Cup? They're not. It's as simple as that. Yeah. So the, 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 the key ingredients are here. You've got that. Yeah. Uh, so, coming to the 2019, you know, India, India will be playing the 2019 AFC Asian Cup and uh, we've booked a place there and soon we'll on have... On merit. Yes. Which is really important. Yes. They've done it on merit. Performance. And, yeah. And the thing that's, that's good about it, and you have to give credit to this current group of players, the thing that's good about it is that, um, you know, the whole mentality should be geared to the next step. Hmm. There's for far too long, Sidhu, there's been too many people, uh, fueled by the media, by the way, right. that are going like, India, World Cup, India, World Cup. Everyone needs to just shut up yeah. and forget the World Cup, yeah. right? You take the steps. First of all, you win your intercontinental, uh, yeah, so, sorry, sorry, your, your uh, zone, zonal yeah. tournaments, yeah. not intercontinental, zonal tournaments. Focus on that. Dominate Asia first yeah. and then think about the World, the World yeah. Cup after yeah. that. We've, always, we've all been talking about this, but I think probably now people listen because Joe Morrison is saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, they've probably switched off by now. But no, you know, the same comes to the players. It's yeah. amazing how many people I, spoke, I speak to in Indian football and they're talking yeah. about, yeah, well, you know, well, what you what, what, I, I want to go to yeah. Real Madrid. No, no, forget Real Madrid. Your first yeah. thing is to get out of India and, yeah, to, and, and to be at a better team in a yeah. better league and then to be in a, a better league than that. Forget... You, no one jumps to the top of Everest. That's what I yeah, say. You absolutely. have to take it step by step. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to go through the process. Everyone wants the end result. Correct. I think that's what I make Quick out fixes. of it. Yeah. Uh, so, 
So how do you see that performance? I mean, 2017 in that term was good for the national senior national team. Uh, they've been unbeaten. Uh, they came to a better uh, ranking of 96, which was since mm. a long time. Uh, the rankings are bullshit, by the yeah, way. Yeah, uh, of course. Uh, but we, <coughs> we say it because we, bra- we can brag about it, saying that we had... Well, it's a good one. newspaper headline. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which would otherwise not be... In if football wouldn't be part of a headline, but mm. hey, rankings are out, so let's make that a yeah, story. Right, yeah, yeah. So how do you assess the 2017 for the senior national team and then now the 2019 coming up and we'll soon have the draws this season. So a lot of things to look at, as I said. How do you assess the senior team? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but we'll find out when it gets to 2019 in the Asian Cup, which I think is in the UAE, isn't it? Yeah. In the Emirates. Um, so it's close by, which is, which is great. And I'll mm. tell you why it's great. It's great because uh, the time zone is only one and a half hours difference. Right. So it should really help the coverage, right. you know, especially TV coverage. Right. If it was in uh, Japan, yeah, I'm going to be tested here. I don't know what the time zone difference is between here and Japan. Is it five hours or something like that? Yeah. Maybe more, six hours. So that makes it very difficult. So the, the time zone is, is perfect to give them a bit of exposure. They need that exposure. And then, the, you know, that's a true test. It's a true test. Why is it a true test? Because all of the best teams in Asia <coughs> excuse me, are in that one place mm. at that one time under the same conditions. Yeah. You know? You haven't got the Indian team like the, the Guam farce, which is going via the North Pole <laughs> yeah. to get to Guam to, to perform in a game which is a vital game for them to get a result, yeah. you know, a very crucial game for them. Like they're, they're all there, you're on the ground, it's not planes, trains and automobiles, mm. um, everyone's under the same conditions, so that's the real true test. You, know, you can't say that, oh, we were at a disadvantage because we flew 28 hours to, mm. to get to yeah, this game. Absolutely. It's like, no, you're there, and the other teams are there, it's the same pitch, mm. you know? You can't say, oh, our pitches are not as good. You know, that's mm-hmm. why we didn't perform as well. No, it's the same pitches, it's AFC standards. Mm. So, um, but they've already qualified. So yeah. now, Stephen Constantine, I think, um, needs to be, and he probably is, thinking about how do I formulate, you know, what am I looking at? Who's the team that I'm taking into 2019? Mm. Because there may be one or two players that helped with qualification, but you can't have any mercy. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you have to take your best team to to Asian 2019. So there may be a player that comes through in 2018 that was never really part of the 2017 right. qualification. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And he has to go. He has to go. Yeah, absolutely. So a great times probably to look at for 2018, <coughs> right? Indian football terms. Uh, now. Probably taking a switch here from Indian football to the larger perspective of football. 2018 also has something to look at for in terms of World Cup. Uh, the Russia hosting the World Cup and uh, for the first time, I think after a very long time, it's pretty open. You really can't, uh, you don't know if you can, if you want to call it, you know, going to be a deadly games for you over mm. there. Do you, or you want to see those top teams who are there dominating or mm. expect the unexpected like we call it. So, after the draws were out and the teams had qualified, I mean, we've seen uh, unexpectedly, few other, surprisingly, mm. uh, rather to put it there, because they've all earned a spot, mm. right? I mean, they've all earned it there, whether it's Qatar or whether it's mm. Egypt, and uh, mm. I mean, there's so many teams that you mm. won't even, I didn't think of, you know, oh mm. my God, that's going to make it. And then we look at India and I'm like, mm. yeah. are we, well, what are we dreaming? Yeah, <laughs> Continue but, dreaming, it's a good thing to have. But, yes, yes, it is. Uh, but, 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 you know, those. T- so let's just pick one example. Uh, Iceland in 2016. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at Iceland and people go, oh, this is like a, you know, such a great story and, oh, it's a fielded story and they've been so lucky and, you know, well done. Ice-. No, no, no. 
go beneath the fairy tale right. and look at their structure, what they've done. Icelandic players, getting Icelandic players out, you know, the, the structure of a very tiny country. Hmm. They've got all the pieces in place. Right. So if Iceland can put the pieces in place, why can't India put the pieces yeah, in place absolutely. and perform like Iceland? Because the pool of players that are going to come through will be way bigger yeah. than Iceland. Yeah. So, you know, instead of us going like, what a fabulous fairy tale, I think we're doing a little bit of a disservice to the, I'm not just talking about Iceland, mm. there's other small nations. Yeah. You're doing a little bit of a disservice to these smaller nations. I'm talking about smaller nations in footballing terms. Mm. You're doing a little bit of a disservice to them because a lot of these, these, these countries have put infrastructure in place yeah. to give their national team the best opportunity to go to the next international tournament whether it's the Euros or whether it's the World Cup whatever yeah. the case may be. I think in all of this whatever conversation that we have over football or whatever it is it comes down to how you treat your players right I mean it's such it's such an important thing it's such a basic thing which is ignored mm. in our in our especially in our country because I come from there I'm looking at things here mm. I mean the ones who are supposed to like Javier Seppi made it very thoroughly clear when, when we had a conference last year uh, where he said that, hey, you know, it's your athletes that will give you the assets. rest of the thing. Assets. Yeah, absolutely. I keep saying assets. Treat them as assets, you know. Treat your players like it's your prized car or your prized possession. Absolutely. or You know, treat them with, with love and respect and they'll give you so much back. Now, I'll give you a great little example. I was talking to the guys at, um, at Bengaluru here yesterday, I think it was, and one, one of the comments that was made was about traveling times, you know. Now, flights are cheaper mm. in the, the darkest hours of the night, yeah. you know, all around India. Now, you have performing athletes, okay? How do you think it affects them in terms of their performance for away games? If you're getting them out of their beds at 3 a.m. Yeah. to get a 5 a.m. flight because the flights are cheaper than getting them out of their beds at 8 a.m. and getting a, nine, a 7 a.m. to mm-hmm. get a 9 o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning flight. Right. You, and then you, they'll, they'll sit and they'll wonder and go, why didn't we perform? I come back to the Guam thing. Yeah. You know? Why do you think they didn't perform in Guam? People will sort of like say, oh, they did this or they did that. Go all the way back to the beginning. And authorities are very quick to blame. They sort yeah. of like say, the players didn't perform. Yeah? Did you perform as an administrator? Did you book the best flights that those players could get? And, and, you know, God, man, we're not talking about first class here. We're just talking about making them in the right frame of mind. If, if you have a negative feeling, a negative thought because you're dog tired, you've, you know, there's been problems at the airport, the, the, the bus transfer wasn't there, hmm. you know, you're sitting around, it play, like I say, planes, trains, and automobiles. What do you think is going to happen? Immediately, you're, you're losing. Yeah, and it's a mental game. Yeah, I think mean, we also saw that. I mean, in Iceland, I mean, when Goa was uh, was up to playing to ATK, uh, they had quite a lot of uh, delays oh, the, in the flying in the in their in their yeah, yeah. you know the, flying. the first the first season or two of the ISL was just a joke <laughs> in terms of the the, yeah. the you know the games were what were they every three days or yeah, something like yeah, that. I mean, yeah. that was just ridiculous. You get no recovery, and then what happens next? Fans and media yeah. sort of go like, that player's not performing. What do you mean he's not performing? He's playing three games in a week with no rehab, no rest. Yeah, absolutely. So coming back again to something good which I'll talk about, I, I, coming back to the World Cup, uh, are you excited? Are you looking forward to it? And what are you looking forward to? Um, I always look forward to a World Cup. Yeah. I, 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 I love knockout competition. That's why I like the Champions League. 
that's why I like the FA Cup, even though the FA Cup for many in England has lost its, its glow a little bit. Mm. Not for me, it hasn't. The reason is that on the day, it comes down to that one game. The league yeah. is a performance over a long period yeah. of time. And if you've got the best players and the most money, you're, you're going to win nine times out of ten. On one day, such as, and this is the only time I'm going to speak about it, and then we will not mention it again, such as Iceland against England, mm -hmm. you can get a team that's not expected to be the, the dominant force to win on that day. That's yeah. what I love about knockout competition. I'll probably... And this is the biggest knockout competition of all. Like, I'll probably say, since you mentioned the FA Cup, probably say Nottingham Forest beating Arsenal. The defending champions, just adding a touch of hate. I'm not going to alienate. <laughs> fire I'm not into going to alienate Arsenal the Arsenal fans because I'm guessing there's more Arsenal fans listening to this than there are Nottingham Forest fans. <laughs> there are. I mean, there are some in my office as well. So. <laughs> uh, now, I don't want to be stoned as I, as I walk out into the street. Uh, so yeah, as in yeah, I mean, look at it's it's such a it's yes. These you, cookies are lovely, by the way. You yeah. should try one. So when you're looking at when you don't you think when you call something a fairy tale, mm -hmm. you know you're kind of cutting down the effort that they've put through because the process wasn't a fairy tale. It mm. wasn't like oh one day I woke up and this happened and this happened this mm. happened. There was like it was ups and downs. Uh, even for that matter, when 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 Isol Isol won, uh, Isol FC won the I League Champions. Mm. It's, it's such a the, it's it's good to say it's a fairy tale because in the end it ends with a happy story. Probably mm. that's why you call it a fairy tale. But otherwise, why do you think? I, that's what I. That's my point. I mean, mm. uh, when you call something a fairy, you just take the whole effort. I mean, somebody just forgets well, how eyes all yeah. went through. As far as eyes were, are, are concerned, um, th there's one fundamental thing. I still think that um, the levels of professional he professionalism here in Indian football aren't up to where they should be right across the board. Hmm. There are a few teams, and I'm talking about ISL and I-League, there are a few teams that have lifted themselves up to that level. There are a lot of teams still have dicking been. around, as far as I'm concerned, with what the term professionalism. Hmm. Um, I think, I think um, you know, two of the biggest things that have happened in, in Indian football in recent years, and there'll only be in time in the future that they'll look back and, and, and consider it is, Number one, uh, Ashley Westwood and the Bengaluru story. Yeah. Uh, that partnership, you know, between Ashley Westwood, between the authorities of Bengaluru, they took professionalism in Indian football to another level. Right. You know, people, I think, they changed the game in the way players were treated, in the way they were rehabbed, in the way they were trained, in terms of facilities. They completely changed the game. And then you put on top of that Gapreet, you know, going out, it gives others hope to go out as well. You see what I'm saying? And play in mm. Europe. Because prior to him going out and playing in Europe, it was, it's a pipe dream. It's sort of like, you know, uh, Subrata Paul, I think, went for four months or something, didn't he? Uh, Sunil tried with uh, Sporting Lisbon B team for whatever, however long it was. So, you know, going out and staying out and doing that. And then, of course, going and playing the Europa League, which is, that's historic. Yeah, I mean, the sad bit from my side was, it, it, you know, it was a little, a little section in a in, in page inside mm. of a newspaper. That's historic. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Coming back, I'm coming back to the volleyball. Sorry. Okay. Was I waffling so, again? No, it's okay. I think I waffled too much because. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think your original question about the World Cup was yeah. who do you see? The answer. So is if I had to ask you, like, if I had to ask you to pick your final <coughs> semi-finalist, 
No, I couldn't. <laughs> no, seriously, I couldn't. And I wouldn't want to. Um, and I'll tell you why. Because there are certain teams that, that you look at and go, you know what? The ones who you'd expect to be there or thereabouts in terms of mm. the last four. Or even the last eight. Um, and there are other teams where you say, look, they're big sides, big international sides. But they lost a lot of players from, you know, a lot of players retired from the, the, the last World Cup in 2014. You know, take Germany as an example. Um, so, you know, you wouldn't expect them to win. The problem is mentality. That's the thing. These, these teams, what I call tournament teams, mm. they have a culture of getting to where they want to be, irrespective of the personnel. Right. They will get there. They will get to that final, you know, that, that last four or that last day, even though in the run-up to the tournament you would go, yeah, they haven't got quite all the best players and they haven't been performing well, mm. you know. Italy, there's another one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like just starting from scratch. Yeah. I don't think Italy will be, it'll be there or thereabouts. And the reason is that there's been a bit of a demise in the Italian, the national, Italian national team for a long mm. time and they just never addressed it. There's yeah. certain players that should have been plucked out of that team. Yeah. But they had a way of playing, they got results, mm. so they stuck with it, you know, unfortunately. And now they've lost the creme. Like, yeah. They've lost that yeah. beautiful part you, of you, you should be, any um, good coach should be transisting the team over a period of time. You know, Sir Alex Ferguson was brilliant at that. He never completely changed the team every five yeah. years. Yeah. He saw certain players were starting to struggle, pull them out, put fresh legs in, but you're still keeping the, you know, the core, the, intact. The, the core intact. Right. Uh, so you're asking me to, you want me to pick a side and I'm not going to pick a side <laughs> I mean look so then let's, let's put it like that now every all eyes England are going to win the World Cup there you go there's your answer you want <laughs> yeah I think I, that reminds me I of think England will do well actually. yeah that reminds me of uh, when the under 17 I always think England will do well yeah we always do we but always I really do. believe England will do well this time <laughs> because the when the under-17 team uh, won the World Cup, uh, I remember Peter Crouch's uh, tweet that he said, how on earth can you just go and, you know, uh, break the jinx? You're not supposed to win a World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, he's brilliant, yeah. Peter Crouch. And the under-20s as well. Yeah, yeah, they just, you know? they just had, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. So, But that's, but that's, the, that's the future, isn't future, it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, if that's what, that's what mm. I think uh, everyone... Uh, uh, spoke about earlier. I don't know which player was. It's a former player was talking about. Let's not put the pressure on them at the moment. Correct. They're just let them enjoy Correct. the moment. You're absolutely right, and, and and that actually brings up a really valid point. Mm-hmm. And this is something that relates to Indian football. Right. There's far too much hype. Yeah. As far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned, if I was managing Diraj, for example, mm-hmm. he would disappear. Mm-hmm. He would disappear from the media eye. Whether it's whether he goes to England or not, mm-hmm. you don't know. The yeah. places that Gapreet has gone and done trials. Absolutely. Why is it news? Because yeah. he hasn't achieved anything. He's not at that club. He hasn't signed for that club. Yeah. If he signs for the club, that's news. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, Diraj should disappear. Yeah. Because you're putting pressure on the boy at an age when he doesn't need that pressure. He's got enough yeah. pressure to perform. If he does go out of the country, it's a very different way of living. Go and talk to Udanta, who went to Oxford United for a spell. I yeah. uh, can't remember how long it was. Uh, a few months uh, go and talk to him what it's like living in a believe me England is cold and wet mm. um, different food uh, you know you haven't got your support network around you and you're a young yeah. boy and you're now putting pressure on him by saying that you know here's your chance and if you don't take it I know how the, the mentality works over there keep it quiet just yeah, take, it slow. take the pressure off yeah. him he's got plenty of time he's a goalkeeper he's got plenty of time 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so coming back to a bit before we break into or conclude, or uh, I'm coming back to a bit of uh, really serious topics, maybe because it's ongoing, and if I miss out on it, then it's an opportunity missed. Uh, there's a lot of ugly things happening at the moment, like not at the moment. It's just that it's it's seen light at the moment, but it's happening. Like now, the recent one was Minerva uh, Punjab's fixing match fixing yeah, and everything so, allegations mm-hmm. and all of that. Uh, then we have we have three big issues here. Uh, and clubbing into it into one is like a I don't know if I'm committing a sin or should I be red carded for that but it's there's match fixing and there's age fraud which is like an mm-hmm. ongoing process and uh, it's it's huge in India yeah. but nobody wants to address that mm-hmm. uh, to fix then, a problem first you have yeah, to admit there's a problem exactly and uh, m- maybe this is a minor issue the fi- the last one but since ISL has again picked up on the, the referee the refereeing issue the the way the referees are with their decisions okay. and, you know which one do you want me to answer first uh, go with the age fraud because age the, fraud. The, exactly what I'm saying nobody wants to talk about it right okay um, with regards to the age fraud first of all if you're doing it I, I would put the onus on the player hmm. and, the, and the, just the, and just I'm sorry cutting you there because Recently, now even the Bangalore FC were in question. The youth, one of the youth teams were banned. I so imagine ex- you don't expect that from a Beng- from a team like Bangalore FC, who you look up for professionalism, yeah. and there you go, there is something. Yeah. So, uh, we, so we're doing age fraud first. Um, with regards to age fraud, the owner should be on the player and the player's representatives, whether it's his family's manager, whatever the case may be. That's who the. If you're lying about your age, you're dumb, and I tell you why you're dumb. Because let's say you're good. Let's say you rise through the ranks quicker than anybody else. Let's say you go and uh, to a European club. You are going to be tested. Yep. And your whole world is going to fall apart when they find out that you're not the age you are and therefore you're not the value you are. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Right. And not only that, football is a village, believe me. There's a lot of gossip goes around football, not just yeah. Indian football, but European football. Everyone knows your name inside football, even if it never made the light of day in the public. Right. So with regards to the Bengaluru thing, I think it's sad that the team is being suspended hmm. because you have now denied the opportunity to the other boys who were not committing age fraud. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. So I think that's a little bit sad. Why not ban the players who are committing age fraud? Then it puts an onus on you to make hmm. sure that you're telling the truth. Right. Yeah. And I would put hefty bans on to make, you know, to make a real example of some players. I'd ban them for five years from all professional footballing mm. competition, you know? Mm. It should be that serious. And we were talking about the under-20s, England yeah. under-20s. Where's Nigeria? How many under-20 World Cups has Nigeria won? Mm. And they were going to win the next World Cup, according yeah. to all the pundits. Why did they not win the next mm-hmm. World Cup? Because it turned out they weren't under-20. Or many of them allegedly weren't under 20. Mm. So you're just making a mockery of yourself. You're making a fool of yourself, you know. If you want a career in this game, then you need to... No one's going to be perfect. No one's going to be honest. What was the next one? Yeah, the next one was match fixing. And match the fixing. recent one coming up with a player, players being approached. And especially when a yeah. team is on, on top of the points. I, I, I give a round of applause to Minerva and to those players in particular and I think Minerva have handled it exactly right they haven't named the players yet and I wouldn't name the players and I hope the players aren't named um, to protect them but those players um, by the way should be applauded they really should be applauded because 30 lakh that's what I read yeah. I don't know if yeah. that's true uh, 30 lakh is a lot of money a lot of money to a player yeah. but it's there you're not going to get rid of it you know now, hopefully, with wages rising in, in uh, Indian football, you're going to see less and less of that. Hmm. Because 10 years ago, if someone came to you and said, you know, here's five lakhs to fix a match, 
anyone would do it because the wages were so bad. Quite often they weren't paid on time, the wages, right. all of that kind of thing. So there was an incentive to do it. Now that wages are, are rising for Indian players, the, the, the money that they're going to have to give as an incentive has to rise and therefore the match fixing should be less, you know. Mm. But what did I just say? First you admit there's a problem. Yeah. Don't bury your head in the sand. Say it's there because, by the way, it takes place in other parts of the world. It's not just India. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and what was the final one? The referee. The issues with the referees. Uh, referees. Uh, referees, they have been totally appalling this season. I totally agree with that. Um, you know, it comes back to where you spend the money. Mm. Uh, we talked about this right at the beginning. Yeah. In spend, instead of massive wages to, to um, over-the-hill marquee player, why don't you... Now, they, they were bringing in foreign referees, weren't they? Yeah. It comes back to match-fixing. Yeah. You know, me personally, whilst your league is in its infancy, I would want foreign referees that are less likely to be influenced, number one. I'm not saying that any of the referees have, have been involved in match-fixing, but what I'm saying is, you know, you can look at games... And you can look at certain uh, decisions that referees have made this season and you've gone like, either this referee is the worst referee on the planet, which I believe, yeah, giving him the benefit of the doubt, or someone has paid him to make that decision. That's how bad it is. But the same principle applies, as I was saying about players. Get them out. Get the referees out. Do you think any of the referees here would, would give up an opportunity to go for just maybe one season hmm. and get trained, coached in a European league, referee some lower division, semi-professional or lower league, yeah, referee some games and then bring them back Yeah, bring them back, why is it important because they're then surrounded by referees who are operating at a different level different, higher set of principles they raise their game and then they bring that all back, I still believe that it doesn't matter whether it's administrators whether it's referees, organisers or the players themselves, get them out of the country and then bring the talent back. Hmm. Get the exposure and then hmm. get back to so the referees your roots. Have been, the referees have been shocking. Hmm. Now, coming to, we are almost coming to an end to it. And uh, when you're looking at the word full, world football, like in general, whether it's the English or the European, and what is the one thing that's attracting you at the moment? The one thing that's exciting you that's happening around? Like there are a lot of things happening, like if the Premier League with Man City's unbeaten run, and which came to an end eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I had just, I had just few, you know, put some things like uh, the the current transfer gossip that's going on, whether from Sanchez to uh, mm-hmm. Aston to United, or the City going, or Giggs being the Wales being appointed as the Wales manager, and or say um, good for Giggs uh, with regards to transfer fees and, and all the rest of it. I mean, people say it's ridiculous money. Um, I don't and, and I'll tell you why I don't uh, what I believe in is the best talent should be paid the best money what I disagree with is there's players in many leagues around the world who are bang average and they're getting very good salaries mm. and as far as I'm concerned they shouldn't even be paid mm-hmm. that's how poor they are you know Messi he should be on a billion dollars a week mm. you know anyone on the planet would go and see Lionel Messi anybody right. so um I understand actually he gets 10% of Barcelona's annual revenue so maybe he is worth a billion dollars <laughs> but, the, but the, the fact of the matter is the best players should be given the biggest wages and it comes back to you know why shouldn't a, a real bang average squad player get £40,000 a week which is what they're on now yeah. an average squad player that maybe makes two appearances a season £40,000 a week seriously seriously you know? Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, but I think I, I 
I like the point that you made, and I think uh, that's a good argument to make uh, or base to start off with saying that hey, if you're good, why not? Mm. You know, why why you have to going the other side and why do you have to say okay, well, I'm racking your head because somebody is getting paid one for his million yeah. pounds and all that? He's good. Yeah. he deserves it. I mean, I think the original part of your question was was about you know what do you see in the world of football? Uh, uh, the the biggest thing to really answer the original point of the question was uh, I think is is what's happening digitally okay. I think that is the most exciting thing that's mm. going to change football now that's connected to transfer fees because mm. if an Amazon or a Facebook mm. or a Google um, which is going to happen by the way I don't think it'll happen this cycle but it may happen the next cycle comes in with a 10 billion and these are the figures they're talking about 8 to 10 billion deal mm. for the next cycle of Premier League rights that is going to blow transfer fees out of the water again because yeah. I think the last set of rights in total was approximately 6 billion so you put another two billion, four billion onto that, and these guys are going to take over the world, and they've got the cash to do it. You know, the traditional broadcasters are going to struggle. Yeah. Can you imagine? It's already been done in, in the NFL hmm. in America. The, okay. the Thursday night football is now hmm. streamed live on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. So who says that, that Amazon, or, or maybe not Netflix, but Amazon or Facebook says we're going to... I think the only reason it hasn't been done so far is that they are not absolutely sure, sure. that technically mm. they can host it. Right. Right? So I think that is really exciting. And I think that they'll start giving football fans more of what they want. For mm. example, take India. There's not many people watching Stoke against Huddersfield. Right. But you have to buy a package, don't you? Mm, yeah. Now, I think it might fragment. That's what I think. I'm not sure that's necessarily a good thing, but mm. I think it may fragment mm. that you can buy to watch Man United against Arsenal. Mm. They have to address it because there's so many people ripping streams now. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a broadcaster and you're not addressing that, you're, you're fools. You're totally not a few fools. I watch a lot of sport, I have to say, like on streams. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's as, as do many. Digital is the future, right? Uh, coming back now, final... Podcast to the future. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I hope so. <laughs> More power to that. <laughs> uh, finally, anything that you want to tell us as podcasters or, <laughs> or you know, any advice that you want to give us or now rather than it's only me sitting here, uh, how um, much would I score out of 10? Uh, 10, <laughs> 11. Um, the, the, like the same old things. I would never, uh, you know... Coaching, I think, is different to advice. Mentoring, I think, yeah. is better than advice. I don't really believe in advice because it's just yeah. regurgitating something that somebody else believes. But uh, know, your, know your shit. Yeah. We have a saying, yeah. we told the BBC, know your shit or know your shit. You yeah. know? Um, it's the same principle applies. Know your stuff. I, I'm still shocked because I read a lot of articles on Indian football. You know, I, I keep, I'm not in-depth into it, but I mm. keep abreast of it. Mm. The analysis of games, like, you know, it should be splashed everywhere today. The two-footed challenge mm. last night. It was barely mentioned. Yeah. Barely mentioned. It was just that's a straight towards the end of the match. <clears throat> I can't remember who did it. The, uh, the, the one that was buzzing with Balwin. The Balwin Singh got the yellow card. Was that no, the no, one? no, no, not that one. That, that was where they said it should have been. But the that was the elbow. Yeah, the elbow one. No, no, not that. It was the two-footed challenge later mm. on in the game. Um, you know, and it just not picked up by, by the media here. So... You know, knowing the game, I, I, I've and this. I hope this wasn't your podcast, by the way, because if it is, this is all over and this is being wiped. There was there was somewhere I was listening to a discussion, uh, an Indian football discussion, and they were talking about it was about Gapreet actually, mm -hmm. and about when he's going to collect balls, putting his knee up, yeah, 
if you go and talk to any goalkeeping coach at the highest level at anywhere in Europe, when you're going to collect the ball in the air, you lead with your knee because hmm. it gets rid of everyone in front of you. That's exactly what they're doing. They were saying like, no, it's dangerous. You shouldn't do that. Yeah. Hmm. What absolute and utter shit. You know, there are people spouting about the game who don't understand in this particular case a technicality of, of goalkeeping hmm. when you're running to take it because the striker is going to hurt you yeah so, so you're going, you've, got, you've got to hurt yeah. the striker as much as the striker's hurting you that's what yeah. you're going it's a 50-50 ball that's what it's all about it's mine you know and I don't care if you get hurt because if you get hurt yeah you won't do it again hmm. you won't lead with your elbow or, or, or go to you know, give them a little crack in the ribs. That's what happens on the field of play, mm. you know. So it comes back to knowing your, you know, knowing your stuff. Don't spout out if you don't understand mm. it. There's areas of the game I don't understand. I'm mm. not a coach, for example. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I can yeah. analyse matches because that's what I've done for a lot of my career, but I wouldn't be able to take that analysis and turn it into, mm. into a... So as far as your podcast is concerned, don't stop. That's all I'll say. We need more football content out in the media and I think you as a younger generation because you're way younger than me Sidhu um, you as a younger generation it, this is you've got to carry this forward yeah. that's the reason why I agreed to do this you've got to carry this forward the older generation don't care about football they were never mm. brought up on football they don't give two hoots about football it, it requires the energy yeah. and you're going to be swimming upstream for a while mm. yeah because yeah. people say yes to cricket all the time you know, let should we do a cricket podcast? The answer is yes, straight away. Football podcast? Mm, let me think about it. Mm, yeah, I'll you know? get back to you. And I'll get back happens. to you. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So you have to keep pushing. The, the tide will turn, hmm. and there's no better time to do that. Why? Because the technology gives you a platform to do it yourself. When I started, you had to go and make a pitch to a broadcaster, and the broadcaster had to accept it, and then you had to get the funding. Now you can set up on YouTube and do it. Yeah. <clears throat> The digital, that's what you the mentioned, digital, yeah. future. Yeah. Uh, final bit is a uh, message to the Indian football fans or our listeners or since now you're on the show, there must be many Joe Morrison fans as well listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> so anything that you would I, like to I'm say? I'm actually quite lucky because I have a great relationship with the uh, Indian football fans, except usually at about 11 or 12 o'clock on a Saturday <laughs> night or a midweek night when their team right. is lost, you know, that's when they, they hate me. But they, they calm down the next day. Um, look, you know, it, 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 we've got to do this together. Yeah. Um, I, I, I believe so, so strongly in Indian football and I hope you do too. Um, and we all have to do our bit. Don't try and change the world. Just try and do your bit. In your particular case, you know, make sure that you're putting out this quality football podcast every week. That's your bit. Your bit is not to go and coach the national team yeah. you know what I'm saying so there might be someone young out there who wants to go and be a coach who wants to go and be a referee go and do it go and do your bit you know um, we all have to do our bit it's like uh, going back to the, the, the C2K thing and, and those shows we realised we didn't have budgets to bring in fly in, in these huge name guests mm. every single week so our reasoning was look these are really late night matches yeah. Um, we don't have the budgets to bring big guests therefore we have to entertain why? because we want young fans to be growing up as football fans not yeah. as cricket fans if I sit there and just like, blah 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 they switch off mm. and what happens? you've lost the fan 
to yeah. football that, yeah. that can't give anything back in a decade's time or, or two decades' time, you know. So it's a movement. Right, absolutely. It's a revolution. Yeah. <laughs> well, in all this talking, and see, I was waffling too much, I guess, because I forget, I forgot a fun segment that I planned for. Now, I did a mistake, I must admit to the listeners, that I actually revealed what I was supposed to do. So I'm sure uh, you've already prepared and, you know, you've come prepared for it. Uh, I Probably don't know not, about no. <laughs> So is this something that one word that comes to your mind when I say the following? So I okay. have a few words. I'm gonna Just th- one word? Uh, yeah. I can't have two. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll give you that. Okay, let's <laughs> let's say two. Uh, first one would be well, our very own loved man. With everyone, I'm sure any team that he plays for, the opponents will never hate him. The captain, yeah. Sunil Chetri. Oh, oh! By the way, uh, what I was going to say was: hmm. Is this the first thing that comes into my head for all of these? The first yeah. word that comes into yeah. my head. Whatever. When all I right. say the name, what comes to your mind? Right, so Sunil Chetri. Hedgehog. Sir. Hedgehog. Okay. Do you know what a hedgehog is? I think I do. It's like it's like a porcupine. It's got spiky. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll tell I you. I'll you. tell you a quick story about it. So, so one of the first times he came on our show, you'll hate me for telling you this. Uh, one of the first times he came on our show, um, we have makeup girls, yeah. obviously, yeah. and they do everything from makeup and you know mm-hmm. check your clothes, etc. Yeah. But they didn't have any hair gel, and Sunil had come straight from his hotel and didn't have any hair gel, and he was just absolutely distraught that he was going to be going on air with flat hair. <laughs> I mean, he's he's got yeah. it pretty close shaved at the moment. Yeah. I don't know whether that's a marriage thing or something, but. Um, but no, he, every time I've worked with him, he's had this like spiky. Yeah. That's all I can think yeah. of. Is like, <laughs> you know, Sonic the Hedgehog, the, yeah. the game. Yeah. So that's what I call him is Hedgehog. No, he's a legend. But the word, the first word that came to mind was, uh, hedgehog. was hedgehog. Okay, uh, good preaching, son. Weird. <laughs> does, that have, that, does that have a story to that? <laughs> oh, uh, weird fashion sense. Uh, weird jokes. Well, he thinks they're jokes. He, he thinks he's funny. He's just not funny at all. Uh, weird. Uh, yeah, weird taste in many things. Weird. But he's a goalkeeper. They're all weird. Yeah. I've never met a goalkeeper who was not weird. Yeah. Okay. Then. Weird. Kapri okay. Singh Sandu. Weird. Uh, Indian football. Indian football exploding. Okay. In a good way. Okay. Finally, Joe Morrison. Strange. <laughs> Was that an awkward silence to think of a word? Uh, or? No, I'd, uh, I'd never have to think of myself. I'd, um, one, wo- one word, I have to keep it to one word. Um, the word I'd probably want to say about myself is, is alive. And I think you're pretty much that. I mean... Uh, if, if, if this was actually, you know, people could sense our energy here. I mean, like I said, you know, I started the show saying that I've got many people saying that I have a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm. Mm. But since, yeah, I, I, since I already apologized about yeah. today's show especially, <laughs> but I think two people having a lot of energy is what... I love people who've got a lust for life yeah. and, and a passion for something. I don't care what you do yeah, in your absolutely. life. If you've got a passion to be the best at whatever you do, then that's, that's you know, if, if there was anything I could... Leave the leave all the listeners with it's go be the best you can be. Yeah, absolutely, and be alive to do all of that. Mm. Uh, now that brings us to the end of a wonderful, wonderful show. Uh, it's I mean I can't say one thank you or twice or you know I, I can say multiple times of thank yous and that wouldn't be enough. Uh, that wouldn't be enough. Uh, thank you so much, Drew Morrison, Pleasure. for coming on to our show. And this just is probably the icing on the cake that we wanted in 2018. And if I'm not if I'm not wrong, it's the 260th episode of us. Is it? So okay. I think it's wonderful to 260. have 260. Is that not the same number of goals that Alan Shearer scored? 
There you ah, go. I think that's see, it. That's in the Premier League, Premier League yeah, goals. That's the, I think that's that's what that's what mm. probably got us together. And you mm. being the new Newcastle United see? fans, see, all worked there. Well, thanks to all the listeners who are watching, and I mean not watching. You can't. You are listening to us, and uh, see, there you go, rambling, mumbling. That's what's happening to me right now. Uh, please do like, share, and subscribe. And now, since we had this gentleman here, I think we deserve a bit of subscription. And if I may ask you to say that, like, if you think we are like, subscribe. The fan garage. What else do you have to do? Uh, get on follow the website. Website. Um, follow TFG Football to the handle. I mean, follow the Twitter handle, the fan garage. Um, there's so many platforms now, yeah. isn't there? <laughs> probably <laughs> left. Probably left one out. Yeah, actually. I mean, let us know your thoughts about this show, and if you enjoyed it, let us know that as well, and let him know personally as well. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Matthew ninety four. You know Joe Morrison there at the Red Joe Footy. And uh, we are signing off from this hotel that Beautiful. he actually uh, called Colonial, Colonial Rook to yeah, it. Yeah, and, it uh, Colonial. The yeah. Hilton in Bombay. Beautiful. Yeah, we are signing off from here. Thank you so much, guys. Cheers. Thank you. He bends down to test the warm water for his bath. He comes here to quench his thirst for a hot shower and some podcasts. You can witness how he enjoys having other people talk about cool stuff in his bathroom. Indeed, it helps him with his loneliness. You can find more of his species on ivmpodcast.com, your one-stop destination where you can check out the coolest Indian podcasts. Happy listening.